Hello once again, Taiwan Talk podcast listeners. I'm Keith Mancone, and today we're going to be working to clear out that backlog of morning show extended interviews. Still taking a while to get those posted. Of course, uh, what we're talking about here, frequent listeners will know, uh, I've teamed up with the Ice Here Team Morning Show host, Terry Ingle, to take some of these Taiwan Talk interviews live on air and just, uh, you know, put them in a, something of a looser format. Let them breathe a little bit. Let those funny moments take a second or two to settle in. Uh, so today we've got a good one. We'll be talking to something of an expat blogger celebrity who joined us on air. And, uh, well, as you can hear, I, I'm finding a bit of a cold right now. So my voice is sounding a little bit funny. Uh, but fear not, uh, the interview you are about to hear was recorded way back on November 30th. So uh, that was way before this cold thing set in. So I'll hopefully be sounding a little bit more uh, normal. And without further ado, we're going to use uh, just a little bit of radio magic to take us back all the way to November 30th, 10 a.m. on The Morning Show with Terry Ingle. ICRT FM 100, uh, Genesis Paper Late. Uh, kicking off the 10 o'clock hour. It's now 9 past 10. And time for our weekly extended interview segment, uh, something we have been doing each and every week here, bringing in some uh, movers, shakers, and uh, interesting people from in and around Taipei and uh, kind of spending a little bit more time with them and getting a little more in-depth. Keith, who have we got this week? Well, today we're going to be talking about a blog, but not just any blog. This blog, uh, I think, has really uh, distinguished, distinguished itself from the pack mm-hmm. here in the uh, expat blogging realm that we got. Okay. Uh, it's a simple enough concept, this blog. Basically, it's just a series of restaurant reviews uh, covering food, mostly in Taipei. But the reviews are so extensive. Uh, they cover so many restaurants and so many types of cuisine around this town that when you take them as a whole, they're basically a map for fu- Taiwan's food scene. Mm-hmm. So if you're t- trying to find your way in this complicated food scene we got here, this is the map that a lot of people are using. It's a blog goes by the name of Hungry Girl's Guide to Taipei. Aha! I know it very well. Yeah. I don't know about you, uh, but it has helped me plan out many a Friday night. Mm-hmm. I'm much better fed because of it. Uh, and I've got some good news for you. I found the Hungry Girl. We found her. We found her, and we've, uh, well, uh, unmasked her a little bit. Unmasked her. I have to tell you, you know... Uh, just, just as we, uh, as we introduce her here. It's interesting, uh, having her here in the studio and kind of putting a face to the blog. You know, there's something we always, uh, talk about in radio. The joke is, wow, you look exactly like you sound. And that's, of course, the joke because nobody ever looks like they sound in radio. That's the, the, the big joke. And I gotta tell you, you look exactly like I thought you were going to. That's, of course, a joke. You don't look anything like I thought you were. Uh, hungry girl, welcome. Thank you. And uh, we're going to refer to her as Hungry Girl. Your secret's safe with us. Thank you. <laughs> but that is, that is uh, that anonymity. I mean, that is part of uh, your mystique. You've got this secret identity. You've got this uh, superhero persona. Uh, and you kind of built it up. Why, why is that uh, an important part of the blog? I mean, I wouldn't say that I built it up, but um, I was thinking about this. Well, we're building it up. Oh, we're building it up for you. I read this book a long time ago by uh, the New York Times, ex-New York Times uh, food critic, Ruth Reichel. She wrote a great book called Garlic and Sapphires. And uh, she talked about when she was a critic, she would um, review a restaurant five times. And she would go in disguises, and it was really great. And it was really inspirational. So not to um, go at that level, but I just think that when you're anonymous, that you kind of get the true flavor and sense of the restaurant and you um you when i write about it it'll be the same same or similar to when you know the reader goes are you in a disguise right now uh 
Yes. You can't tell us that, can you? That's why I use Full a fake on name mask. on the radio. That's, that's why I dress up like this when I come in here. I don't usually dress like this at all. You don't want to know who's saying these things. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, well, it's, it's great to have you on the program. Uh, as Keith was just talking about, Keith said he's used it many times. I've used the guide uh, many times. I've gone there lots of times. One of the uh, a couple interesting aspects of the of the the Hungry Girl Guide is first of all you can kind of uh, look at things by location. You yes. can kind of filter by uh, types of food and, and whatnot. It's it, it's quite comprehensive as well. Uh, how long have you been working on this? I started the blog uh, when I first started spending more time here. I moved here uh, 2004, so about 11 years. Um, I went back and forth between here and L.A. a little bit more in the beginning, and it's just grown and grown. People would write and say, can you please include the MRT stop? And then I would add it, and they would say, can you please include the Chinese address? So as technology has gotten better, I've been able to add those things. So the last couple of years, that's something I've been able to do. Mm-hmm. So it's actually kind of public demand that's been moving you along. You just started out as a, a, you know just a normal blog, writing for whatever you were writing for, but then you got a response, and you kind of had to respond to that. Yeah, I mean, um, when I started the blog, there were no iPhones, there was no Google Maps. It was just kind of for myself. I would give the business card to friends, and I would say, can you please translate this address for me? And uh, it was useful for myself. And I guess as people started searching for places in English, I mean, I don't know if you remember back then, you know, people's direction would be like, Oh, go to the seven, turn left, yeah, yeah, right. go right, go find the red sign, and yeah, that would yeah. drive me crazy. Go where the family mart used to be, and uh, yeah, that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of little tiny shops, they don't have business cards, they don't have addresses, so it was really difficult for non-native speakers to figure out the addresses. Yeah, no, it's, it, it certainly was a guide for me back then, and the great thing is it's it's one of the first things that comes up when you search, uh, especially in English, you search, you know, restaurants Taipei or restaurants Taiwan, It's it's always among the... Uh, the, the first hits there as well. So, uh, lots of people uh, have used the guide. I've, I've talked about it lots of times. Um, let's just talk about uh, uh, how many restaurants and, and sort of how comprehensive is it right now? How many restaurants have you reviewed? Um, right now, there are like around 500 restaurants. On really? There. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes! I don't think I've eaten at 500 restaurants in my life. Different ones, anyway. Maybe not. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I wonder how many I've eaten at. Hmm. In my life. I eat out every day, though, so. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, Taipei is a really convenient city to eat out at. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. It racks up. <laughs> and so, actually, the more people found the blog, the more suggestions I would get. People would email me and say, oh, I heard your favorite Korean restaurant closed down. Try this one. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when uh, Vietnamese places open up, they say, oh, I think you would like this place. So it's helped me actually find good food, too, because I can't be everywhere at once. So people would message me or email me to try places. When people do respond or, or, or give you feedback, what's sort of the the biggest thing that they're giving you feedback about. Are they uh, in any way like listeners of the morning show where the most feedback you get is when something's wrong or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, you you know, hey, I can't believe you said that or, or that's wrong or whatever. That's, that's most of the feedback we get here. Uh, but <laughs> I guess what he's trying to you know, are people nicer to Hungry Girl than they are <laughs> to Terry? Should I be in the food blog business or? <laughs> well, you know, you haven't made it until you've had haters, right? That's what yeah, no, no. Oh, oh, boy, have I made it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because I think social media has changed a lot over the years. When I first started blogging, um, there weren't that many. I mean, there weren't that many English blogs. There was barely any information in general about um, places to eat in Taipei. But then you have now YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Foursquare, mm-hmm. and so 
it's different on different platforms. Like on the blog, I guess it's more work to leave a comment. So generally nowadays, people won't leave a comment unless it's negative, like mm-hmm. you said. But on something like Instagram, people are very readily able to like and give positive comments. So. Yeah, you're right. That's a very interesting point that you bring up because anytime any sort of work is involved, it's only to highlight negative things. But if it, it takes no work at, at all, there's no effort or having to find where to leave comments, people are more than happy to say, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. And that, that's a very interesting uh, dynamic of human behavior, I suppose, yeah. that we'll work at being negative, but uh, uh, we won't work at being positive. We'll just kind of <laughs> leave it there. It's an interesting <laughs> dynamic. That's uh, that's all. Uh, but then, I mean, uh, people are generally pretty appreciative, though, of uh, of the work that you do put into it, right? Have you you gotten a pretty positive response overall? I hope so. I mean, yeah. And, and when people used to leave comments, I would get a lot of great feedback, and I've gotten some really sweet emails from uh, restaurant owners who whose business, you know, they would notice a sizable difference in their business after I did a post or something. So mm. I've gotten a lot of really great emails thanking me and saying, oh, I don't know how I can thank you. You know, September is really a slow month for us usually, but after your post, a lot of people have come in. So it's always great to hear that because, um, you know, if they're putting out good food, then then they should get that business. Do you get like requests from restaurants to please come here, please come here, please try this, please try this. A lot of people contacting you. I do, you I do. How yeah. do you handle that? Um, sometimes I will go, but not very often because A, like I like being anonymous and B, um, you know, sometimes places are just a little bit out of the way. Like there's a place in Banchal that's been asking me for a while, but mm-hmm. I haven't made it out there. But it's funny because I guess in Taipei, it's very popular for people to charge for posts. So I often get requests. They say, oh, how much for you to come out? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So Isn't I, that interesting? Me, I, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't charge for posts. Should I be? So I don't actually know how to handle those kinds of things it's interesting and, and it's not anything that uh that i don't think we all knew about uh, uh reviews and uh you know the way um awards are given to to wines and restaurants and that you know there, there's paid advertisements but that's that's completely interesting and, and almost refreshing to have your take what, what do you mean i don't take any money i'm just reviewing a restaurant what what a novel idea to actually just review a restaurant do you in reading other reviews of restaurants around Taipei, maybe you've read a, a, a review of a restaurant that you yourself have reviewed and like completely disagreed with it and kind of went, wow, they must have, you know, really, uh, uh, fabricated this, this review. Well, the times that I have gone to sponsored events, I do try to say that it's sponsored. And in Los Angeles, it's really popular for that to happen. People have events and invite people. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing. I think as long as you can be honest, I, I have, you know, met other people where I, they blogged about something and or they wrote about something that was sponsored and I said, oh, that looked great. How was the mac and cheese and whatnot? And they would say, oh, actually, you know, it wasn't cheesy enough. But in the review, there was nothing of that negative negativity. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see yeah, right. that. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, listen, here's what we're going to do, Hungry Girl. We're going to take ourselves a very short break because we've got a break for and pause for some uh, commercials. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, continue our conversation, hopefully get in and talk about the actual food of it all. Yes. The real, uh, real <laughs> That's meat, what we're here for. The real meat and potatoes of it all. All right, this is the Morning Show with Terry. We'll continue. We've got Hungry Girl in the studio for our extended interview for the week. We'll be back in just a few moments. Okay, okay. How many do you see some identification? We're ICRT. We're English, good music, and good times come together. Oh, good times indeed. We've got the Hungry Girl here uh, from Hungry Girl in uh, Taipei, the blog. 
Um, thanks for joining us again. I'll uh, re-welcome you to the program here. Um, let me ask you this. Here's the next question. Now we're getting maybe more into to personal stuff uh, as opposed to just uh, bloggy stuff. But what's your favorite food? What 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 food are you kind of food background are you kind of coming from here when you when you uh, are describing the things in Taiwan? That's a really hard question. I love all sorts of food. Um, I mean, part of the reason I started the blog was also because I love Mexican food, and that was really difficult to find yes. when I first came back. Yes. Um, I love. Japanese food, Chinese food, salads, everything. I love everything. Yeah, okay, so you, but what I'm getting at is mainly a Western food background, correct? Um, would you say that? I wouldn't say that. I mean, I grew up in LA, and LA is pretty diverse, and my parents cooked, so I did eat dumplings and rice and porridge and all of that when I grew up. Right, right. So, but you still grew up in LA. This is kind of what I'm getting at. That okay. you are coming from from the West here. I yes. know you, you you've got family here and, and and that sort of thing. But I I think it's fair to say if you grew up in LA that that's a fairly Western background. Yes, although yes. LA is very diverse. So when you come here and you give a review on something that maybe you're not familiar yes. with in Taiwan, maybe there's a, a certain dish, uh, and maybe you can shed light on maybe what dishes those are or have been. Uh, how do you kind of, how do we uh, explain this, kind of claim, you know, uh, uh, to be able to write a review on something that maybe you're not familiar with culturally? Yeah, I mean, I I think that with the Internet now, it's so amazing. You can find out a lot of things. And so that's why I love the blog. I It's, for me, kind of a journey and also a way to learn more about foods. Chinese food is so diverse, you know. Just the history of Taiwan, you have like Taiwanese food, Chinese food, Hakka food, and then China itself, there's so many regions. And so um, I try to find out as much as I can. Sometimes if I can't find out, then I don't write about it, unfortunately. And so that's why there aren't a lot of those smaller places. I don't know the names or things like that. And mm -hmm. so... Um, yeah, it's a it's a work in progress, and I try to learn about it. And I think that you know a lot of people who um, come visit, you know, a lot of people who who read my blog, you can kind of see where they're from on the blog. Uh, hits um, Southeast Asia, Singapore, Philippines, the U.S., Europe. Um, they're kind of you know coming in it to the same way. I went to Italy in March, and so when I went, it was like I didn't even know what neighborhood to go to, much less what to eat. And so it kind of made me realize how important it is to just introduce things that you think uh -huh. are, um, you know, that anyone would know. But we know those things because we live here. Right? Yeah, right, right. I guess I guess what I'm getting at as well is um, how can you write a fair review about, um, I, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, uh, Jijiao. Thank you. How can you write a review about uh, Jijiao? <laughs> I don't eat Jijiao. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, a bad okay. example. Or uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that, uh, yeah, I mean, that I is very Taiwanese. Stinky like, you, tofu. Yeah. Stinky tofu. How I do you write a fair, a, a fair review of stinky tofu if it's sort of something that has been somewhat outside of your, your culture or your upbringing? Well, I actually like stinky tofu. So I couldn't write a fair <laughs> review on stinky tofu. i got to be honest. I yeah. don't think I could write a fair review. You just I, draw a frowny face. Well, yeah, I don't know if I would know the difference between good stinky tofu right. and bad stinky yeah. tofu. That's yeah. all where stinky I'm to me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like the finer things, like, you know, if I, if I had to analyze what's the difference between, you know, one night market stinky tofu to the other, I probably couldn't do it. But I write what I like. I put a lot of pictures and I think people who like to read my blog, they'll be similar, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so people who want 
different reviews or diff- more uh, analytical things, there's a lot of Chinese blogs now for people to read. So I think that's the great thing about the internet, right? You have a choice. Mm-hmm. So right. Well, I mean, I, basically, what I'm getting is you're kind of representing a certain perspective in a way. I mean, and and I feel definitely like you're coming from a similar perspective that I'm coming from when mm-hmm. I when I look at this food. So I mean, it, for folks like me that come from a similar background. I think that that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think a lot of people, you know, whenever I used to post like Mexican food, people would get very excited. And that's when I would get a lot of comments because other people were looking for the same thing. And so I think, you know, Chinese food in Taipei, every other place is going to be amazing. So that's why um, people are drawn to my blog because I do like to try other things and so um, other people are looking for those things as well you have over 500 restaurants on there that's a lot of eating first of all that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of work that's gone into this work quote unquote work does does it take the pleasure out of eating at all knowing that or 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 is blogging quote unquote to to, to verbal to verbiage it um, is blogging as much as of a love as you as eating for you? um yeah, it slowed down a lot. I mean, I used to take out my big camera, the DSLR camera, and now, you know, everyone gets has their lazy days. Now, sometimes you just use iPhone and, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, you just post it on Instagram and, and you, you know, that's, that's kind of the funny thing about that. You, it is a lot of work to do the blog. And mm. I, I tried, used to Photoshop the photos and I have to find the address. And I, you know, thought about, well, should I just put up a bunch of photos instead? You know, because on Instagram you get so many likes. But, you know, I, I try to keep it going. I still try to put one post a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I guess, uh, another way to look at, uh, ask this question is, is it good to be hungry, girl? I mean, going out and, uh, getting to eat at all these different places, yes, uh, does that yes. remain fun forever? Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. I mean, I have found a lot of friends who also love to eat as much as I do. So they'll say, oh, let's go try this place. And then I'm able to try more dishes because everyone's sharing mm-hmm. or, you know, but I definitely had to kind of figure out how to not overeat because, <laughs> You know, over yeah, time, right. it's gonna it's right. gonna add up. Right, right. Um, yeah, again, over five hundred restaurants and 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 going out to all these. I guess that's that's kind of the next question. Is there, like, do you get sick of any kind of food, or is there anything that you're you're kind of you don't review because you don't feel like eating it anymore, or that day, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean. This is a very personal blog, I think, is what yeah. I'm also getting at. That these are, it's as much kind of a real life experience for you as it is going out and, and, and blogging these things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I don't get, if I get sick of something, then I'll try something else, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Kind of just follow where your hunger leaves, leads you. Yeah, I mean, do you guys get sick of the food here? Um. No, no, I don't. That, I mean, this is a great thing about Taiwan, and this is what makes it so blog friendly: is the fact that there's that everybody, first of all, eats out. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, the home cooking is, um, it, it's not you know rare to, to to have home cooking in Taiwan, but it's certainly a lot more rare than I grew up in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, where you eat at home every day. Right. It's I, not required, is the thing. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. And and I mean, may, maybe as a family, we know we went out for dinner you know, once a month sort of thing, but the rest yeah, of the time exactly. was all eating at home. So, so it's, it's very, you know, blog friendly. If you're yeah. writing about restaurants, do I get sick of it? So as a result, no, I don't think I get sick of it because there's just that many restaurants. Yeah. And I think one great thing that your blog points out is that 
and this is this is something particularly for our Taiwanese listenership, is I don't know if they even realize sort of how diverse the food is here yes, in yeah. Taipei. Yes. One thing I talked about, and I talk about every year when they have the Kaohsiung International Food Festival down in Kaohsiung, and uh, I, I work with the, the, the good folks down there every year, and it always amazes me how many vendors and how many, uh, how diverse those vendors are at the Kaohsiung International Food Festival. Mm -hmm. And it must just be a thing of beauty for uh, Taiwanese folks that maybe are not so in contact with either the expat community or with, you know, the English blogging community that to go out and see food from just about every corner yeah. in the world there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when, um, when like, Macho's Tacos opened up, you know, I think it was pretty exciting. And then I took a couple friends who were Taiwanese, and they'd never had Mexican food in their life. Right. So, you know, it's interesting because beans, you know, to Taiwanese people, they love it sweet, not savory. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, on shaved ice, red beans, green beans. Um, and so... It's interesting to note, like I've heard, that they like things like quesadillas or nachos. They don't like the burritos and things. But they tried it and they liked it and they were like, well, I've never had it before. It's actually not bad. So I agree. Yeah, there's there's a meat. There's like Argentinian food here. Oh, there's, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's one of the great things about Taipei is, is Taipei more so, but you know, island-wide, of course, but uh, here in Taipei, it's just the range of food from from Indian right. to Mexican to yeah. Argentinian, uh, you know, steak places to... Yeah, Vietnamese, Japanese, Sanxi. Yeah, Sanxi, that's, by the way, and I don't know if I can name it, that's my favorite restaurant in Taipei, is the Sanxi restaurant. It's really good. You know I don't know one? if we're talking about the same one. Are we talking one, about the same one? <laughs> okay, well, maybe we are, maybe we're not. We just, I just went there last week, but uh, my favorite restaurant in Taipei is that Yeah, one. the food is good. Yeah. Oh, boy, is there. We'll talk off-air if it's the same one, just to <laughs> Just to be sure, but yeah, I um, can't give away your favorite restaurant. <laughs> you know, I can't not yet. Anyway, I got to hold that till you know. Mm -hmm. Don't want it to get mobbed. Yeah, that's right. Um, but um, you raised a point about bringing Taiwanese friends out to kind of try some of these foods. Is there any food, and I'm curious about this, that you've found maybe that you've put up on your blog or been out with friends that Taiwanese people don't particularly take to? Is there any one sort of a nationality or type of food or anything like that? Um. I don't know if a lot of Taiwanese people read my blog, but yeah, I would say maybe Mexican food. I know there was a big learning curve for people. You know, anything Asian, I think people love, you know, pho, you know, pho and noodle soups. That's like really um, easy to figure out. So. Yeah, because I found that I found that a lot of my Taiwanese friends had a hard time with Indian food. Okay. Just because the tastes are so strong yeah. and, you know, there, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, there's a lot of spice in them, yeah. not necessarily hot And their spice. idea of curry is probably Japanese curry. Exactly, and that's that's where the, the idea comes from that. So they have a hard time kind of getting uh, around that. So um, I, I think it's interesting that, again, a blog like this can, can introduce these things for Taiwanese people as much. So the question is, um, you say you don't know how many people Taiwanese people read your blog, but do you have a sense that there is a Taiwanese viewership with your blog? I think, um, yeah, I, I, on Instagram, I notice a lot more comments in Chinese, so oh, I think really? they are finding it eventually. You know, like I said, there's a lot of really amazing Chinese blogs, so um, I think, you know, there are a lot of pictures, so people will eventually find it maybe after today as well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you read and speak Chinese out of curiosity? A little bit, like 
conversational. Right. Yeah. It's a, I went to Chinese school for like 10 years in the States, but right. it's, a, it's, you know, the blog has actually helped my Chinese as well. You know, I, I, seeing names of streets and things like that over and over again and having to put them in and figure it out, that's actually helped me learn them and menu items. You know, now I can kind of figure out a lot of menus. When I first came back, I kind of, didn't know those things at all. It's interesting you say that because I, when I first came here 17 years ago, I think the bulk of my initial, or sort of my initial jump into Chinese language was through food. Right. Because you've got to look at menus, you've yeah. got to order food, you've got to, and, and not just the names of dishes, but kind of how to ask for them right. and, you know, how many of yeah, things. Yeah, like beef and, noodle soup. There's, you know, beef noodle soup with um, you know the red, the red braised beef noodle soup, or clear beef noodle soup, or with tendon, without tendon, with noodles, yeah, without noodles. Yeah, exactly. And then it even, yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, learning kind of how to say how much for this, or can I also get this, or um, you know, where's the bathroom, all these type of things. So I think, at least for me, anyway, my initial foray into the Chinese language 17 years ago was via food. Here's how I know that you guys have a more discerning palate than me is because for the first year, just because it was the only characters I really had a good <laughs> handle on, I just had Neo Roman for like a year. Yeah. Well, and I was happy with it. it no, I don't have a discerning palate. The first thing I learned in Chinese was how to say combo number two. I would choose the place based on who had the most pictures <laughs> for the yeah. first year. Or, you know, you just look at the table next to you and say, you point at oh, it. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I used to do that a lot, too. You yeah, should yeah. do a whole advice column on how, how to uh, get the food you want with limited Chinese. That's a good idea. That's why night markets, I think, are great because you kind of see what's out there and then you just point at it. How? Yeah. Oh, this is this brings up something else that I didn't really think about, like night markets and whatnot. How do you explain to somebody where this stall is, where you had this great, uh, you know, Nero Mien or this great uh, whatever it is, if it's you know in the middle of the Shilin night market? How, how do you how have you dealt with addresses? You've said that's been yeah. a problem for you. How, how, how do you deal with that? Well, with a night market, I think you get a little bit of leeway. Um, most people probably aren't studying the blog when they're at the night market. So yeah, I, right. if I can, I put a picture of the stall or like at Geelong, they're actually numbered now. So oh, I have a post right. coming up where I do number certain stalls. So Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, I'm going to stop you again uh, for a moment because uh, we're going to have to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to kind of put you to the test. A little bit. We're gonna kind of, uh, we're gonna kind of grill you a little bit. Well, not put you to the test, but kind of um, get your your feedback on some of the things that Keith and I are interested in as far as finding restaurants and, and. Because you were telling me over the phone, I spoke to you uh, a number of days ago, and you were telling me over the phone that you do get requests from people that want very specific pieces of information. Yes. You're, well, you're solving people's food quandaries. Well, you're in gonna get two of those people coming up uh, <laughs> after this break with some uh, some some questions, and uh, we'll put you to the test just a little bit. Don't okay. worry, we won't make it hard. We're here with a hungry girl in Taipei. She's got a food blog, which uh, many people are very familiar with, and uh, this is our extended interview segment for the week. So stay with us. We'll continue in just a few moments. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Listen. Listen. Bridging east and west in English. For more than 30 years, ICRT. We return to the morning show here with Terry on ICRT. It's uh, We're amidst our extended interview for the week. And uh, we brought in Hungry Girl in Taipei. She, of course, um, authors a very popular blog, especially in the expat community. But uh, for those who love food alike, uh, it, it helps lots of people, as we've kind of been discussing and finding out here. But now, Keith, 
we're going to kind of get to the to the meat and potatoes, as I've said before here, mm -hmm. of, of this segment. To the heart of the matter, yeah. So we have, uh, well, we have our own food problems, me and Terry, living <laughs> in Taiwan. And uh, who better to solve them than hungry girl Taipei? I'll try my best. So what we've got here is we've got a list of sort of quick fire questions for you in which you will kind of recommend either a restaurant or a place to go or a dish to eat or uh, we're going to kind of rapid fire them out here so don't okay. think about it too much okay um gut reaction yeah yeah kind of gut reaction uh on some of these questions for us uh maybe there's some of the same questions that our our listeners uh, may or may not have mm -hmm. um but we're just going to kind of fire these out at you really quick just quick answers okay uh don't think about it too much just a like kind of respond to these where would i take my friends <laughs> Some, well they get a little more interesting than that so. <laughs> here we go keith go ahead why, why don't we start firing them go ahead uh, let's let's start off simple uh bet's pizza that you've had in town best pizza uh-oh um i like chicago pizza factory okay best hot pot hot pot uh i like spicy mala hot pot okay ding wong is good okay okay good recommendation best dessert that you've had at a non-dessert restaurant Oh, I had a really great dessert recently at this new place called Taiping. It was a whole lemon that they uh, that they simmered in sugar water, and then they filled with custard, and then you could eat the peel on the inside. It was really amazing. Wow. The point of this is not to make us hungry, though. But. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not going to enjoy my bian dong this afternoon. Uh, hardest place to get a reservation? Oh, definitely raw. Okay. Definitely raw. The uh, classiest, dressingest place in town. The place where uh, they wouldn't let me in because I'm too scruffy. Huh. I don't know. Not too many classy dressing places? Maybe Robichon? I don't know. Okay. The cleanest bathroom in the city? Uh, raw. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. They're holding a lot of titles right now. The uh, We've already talked about some of these earlier. The hardest place to find in town? Uh, huh. Uh, there's a lot of private kitchens that are really hard to find because they don't have, you know, names on the doors and there's a couple. Right. That's actually just a break from the question. That's actually kind of becoming very popular in Taipei, yes. isn't it? Yeah. As it is kind of all over the world. But yeah. these, these private kitchens and private bars and, and that sort of thing. Well, then there's some places with secret doors into them. I don't know yes, if you've been to any I of those. Have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been a few myself. Uh, okay. The restaurant you felt most at home. Um, there's this place called Xiao Sanghai where I, my grandma used to take us, uh, when we were kids. And so uh, sometimes I'll go there with her. I feel at home there. Okay. Excellent. What place makes you feel most rushed? Like you sit down and you feel like you have to get out of there as fast as possible. Um, hmm. Sometimes Ding Tai Fong does because there's all those people waiting outside and you feel like you need to leave so they can sit So it's down. not the wait staff. You just feel bad for the line of people. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the dish that you found most difficult to translate into English. Huh. There's a lot of them. I can't say it in English. So. <laughs> um, Maybe describe the Any, dish. like, body parts of animals, you know, mm. you, you, how do you make, like, pork liver sound attractive? Right? They're a lot more direct in Chinese. They'll just say the part of the animal. Yeah, yeah. Pork liver with five spice yeah. in, in soup. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes the if there are translations on the menu, they don't work so well either. Okay. Uh, go ahead, sir. Uh... Okay, uh, kind of dovetailing on that one. What is the craziest thing you've ever eaten? The craziest thing I've ever eaten? Uh, maybe frog leg. I don't frog know, frogs, leg. Live, 
frogs at Geelong Night Market. It was live, and then they killed it. And then I ate it. Oh, <laughs> they that's, that's pretty crazy. Fun. All right, all right. Well, that's how they do it in France, too. So, Which place in the city is kind of too hip for Keith to go to? <laughs> too cool for me. Really? You seem pretty cool. Oh, boy. <laughs> she hasn't been here that long. New listener. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, a really hip place. Um, Hipsters right at home. Oh, uh, um, hmm. Well, I heard Ounce is a really cool bar. I haven't been there. Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Okay, is it cool? Would yeah, you let yeah, me in? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's a secret door to keep guys like you. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pop my collar up and everything. Come on. Uh, what place? Okay, so big complaint on the morning show that we talk about a lot is a lot of places their music gets a little grating on the nerves. Yes. What is a place that actually has good music that the music makes the ambiance? Oh, good music. I li- I like the music at Burger and Co. And the burgers there. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I like this song. I'll shazam it or I'll notice okay. it. Burger and Co. Best restaurant to ask a girl or a guy to marry you. I actually saw someone propose at um, DNC Bistro, this really great steak place. So okay. that was cute. Um, yeah, anywhere with good dessert. I think DNC is cute. Well, yeah. Good dessert. How does that factor into uh, how is that part of the, the equation? <laughs> yeah, where, there you go. Where you okay. hide the ring? Right, I don't know. You want them to feel good. The whole meal was good. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to come at this uh, from a different angle. Best restaurant to end a relationship. And uh, he's he's not asking for personal reference, although <laughs> although I was I was a little wary when he brought that question up. Uh, problems, Keith, at all? But, no. Oh man, no. do you do you want somewhere quiet or somewhere loud? <laughs> I don't know. That's I guess this is a deeper question than I thought it was. <laughs> Got to strategize. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's hard. <laughs> yeah, you best know. best restaurant to quit from the morning show. Let's see. Maybe like Moss Burger or something. Moss so nobody's gonna Moss notice Burger. you. So uh, nobody here. Nobody yeah. sees the yelling. Right, they're all too busy. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, okay, uh, you got another one, Keith? Uh, wait, I, whoa, whoa, I, I had one a second ago. Okay, uh, best restaurant to just kind of shamefully go there alone and just bury yourself in food and just indulge lonely mm. alone. There's a lot of really good um, one-person hot pots that are good. Oh, right? good. You get your, your own hot pot. Okay, or biggest, a personal hot pot. Yeah. Interesting. Biggest portion sizes. Uh, or biggest portions, I should. Biggest portions. Um, spot, spot. There's a new place called Spot Taipei. They have good portion sizes. Or any of those chain restaurants like Chili's or um, Gordon Beers. They have pretty big portions. Okay, cool. Our best themed restaurant. We got a lot of oh, crazy right. yeah, themed right. restaurants uh, yeah. in Taipei. Uh, I haven't been to Modern Toilet, but uh, you haven't been there. So I guess I have to say Hello Kitty, right? Hello oh, the Kitty. Hello Kitty. <laughs> okay. You haven't. So your guide is incomplete. You haven't had the toilet food. I can't bring myself <laughs> to do it. No. Wow. We, we found your limit. We found. Uh, we found another one in Russia that kind of took the Modern Toilet to a further extreme. Oh no. Which they didn't just put sort of like ice cream in the toilet bowl. Uh-huh. They, they were they were putting other things like. Um, Cut up uh, sausages on top oh, of. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. Well, I know they put curry too. Yeah, they have a lot of murky looking things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to back you up on that one. All right. Well, that's uh, that's the quick hitting guide to uh, eating in Taipei. There, um, it, it's amazing that you've got all this information right at the ready. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, I'm actually kind of surprised that you can you can kind of think about that uh, so quickly. But I guess when when kind of the main thing you do is. We've got a food encyclopedia sitting right in front of yes. us. <laughs> do you have um, 
is blogging about this kind of your main job? Is it kind of the main thing that you do? Because with 500 restaurants, you would think that, that it was. Yeah, no, it's not my main job. But it's not your main job. Yeah, so this is still just all in your free time and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why um, there's only one post a week. So, yeah, if it was my main job, then I would be making money from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, here's to here's to hoping that uh, that you'll get that. Uh, and lastly, here, just to kind of close out, maybe you can kind of uh, uh, put this into perspective for us. Give us just I know this is going to be a, a tough question to answer, okay. but give us just a general perspective from a food critic food blogger here on the state of eating in Taipei. I know that's a, okay, that's a weird yeah. question, really general, yeah. but I guess I'm just trying to get a feel for um, just generally what yeah. we're talking about here in Taipei. I mean, I love Taipei because you can get almost anything here now. You can, you know, spend very little and get really amazing handmade, you know, food at the night markets or little shops. Um, you can also get, you know, Michelin star quality food here if you want. And, uh, and I think that it's been on the map more and more this past year and people, you know, want to come and discover it. And the last few years you see different trends. Like this year it's been kind of the trend of, uh, modern French or modern European food. Mm-hmm. There's been a big burger, you know, a lot of new burger places opening. I found deep dish pizza recently. Um, yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, two places that have that. Two places. Yeah. And so it's, it's always surprising also to me, you know, what, what pops up, what shows up. Better than LA? Deep dish pizza. I don't no, know. no, no. Just the, the scene as a whole. I mean, that's that's where your other heart <laughs> is, uh, is. My understanding is L. A. Something. I mean, definitely the Chinese Taiwanese food is better than L. A. For sure. It's, it's got to be more dynamic than L. A. As well, I would think. Like a lot more uh, the trends kind of happening faster and ending faster, and uh, different types of restaurants popping up all over the place. Yeah, or, I I think. I mean. It's, you know, I'll go to LA for a month and I'll come back and some restaurants will be closed. And I'll be like, whoa, that was fast. So, yeah, I definitely think that, um, the, the speed is faster here for sure. Right. Excellent. Well, listen, uh, we're going to kind of, uh, uh, end it right there. And, uh, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. And, uh, uh, uh sharing with us. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been a great insight. It's great to, for us to put a face <laughs> to the name. Um, I don't know. We should have covered up the camera. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, web Uh-oh. camera. Nobody Uh-oh. log on right now. No. Uh, but uh, don't worry, your anonymity is safe with us, uh, Hungry Girl. And, uh, again, thanks so much for taking the time and coming in. It, it, it's It's been wonderful. You have a wonderful blog. Thank I hope you. That, I hope that you keep going. I've used it many times. Keith and I, Keith and I, I think, discussed this, uh, or were discussing your blog long before sort of even... Uh, having you come in and things like that. So uh, we use it for reference a lot, and I know a lot of other people do as well. Thank so you. Good stuff. Keep up the good work. And uh, we'll move towards Queen here. This is uh, music. As the morning show continues, we'll be back in a moment before we get to the top of the hour with the news and uh, discuss this day's request hour. So stay with us. It's the morning show with Terry on ICRT. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Real quick note before we go. We will be taking a two-week break, but we're going to be back the first week of January with more Taiwan Talk. At that point, probably uh, we're going to be talking about nothing but the election. Uh, So do look forward to that election coverage in just a couple weeks. In the meantime, please do remember to rate and review the show on iTunes. It really does help us out. Or you can let me know what you're thinking directly on Twitter. I'm at Keith Menconi. Thank you for tuning in for ICRT and The Morning Show. I'm a very congested Keith Bidconi. Bye-bye.